Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Hello. Also joining us with a mouthful of Tootsie Pop <laughs> is the director of Mission USA Productions, Jed Brewer. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? Well, the important thing is that our listening audience can hear everyone. Joining <laughs> us all the way from Rutgers, Tennessee, one of the pastors at Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. You can tell I'm devoted to you, Say That fans, because I'm missing the BBC Sherlock for this. Whoa. You can also tell every week that uh, Lee is devoted to you, Say That fans, because Lee's been up since 4 o'clock this morning, and it's currently closing in on 10.30 his time. Yeah, that's... We learned two lessons from that. Lee loves all of you more than we do, and he gets up going on a good full eight-hour shift earlier (laughs) than any of us do. Absolutely right. Now, um, uh, here's what I'd like to say, and just just a little thing I'd like to add before we get started. Yeah. I declare an emergency! In that case, tell me more. I I don't think you sound like you want to hear more. Uh, that emotionally escalated very quickly. No, no, yeah. Glenn, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I really am. <laughs> tell me more. It's an emergency. Jed Brewer, the man who could guilt anything. <laughs> <laughs> here's what here's what i've worked out now i don't know if you guys know this but we're trying to get these sweet sweet podcast numbers totally well i've cracked the code oh, all right okay. fantastic is we the are, bible code get uh no but that would have been awesome. dan brown is not involved in any way okay here's what i figured out because what you got to do is figure out what's hip and then get on that totally Sure, that always works. Chasing trends is the key to success in anything. Now, uh, basically, every movie and TV show is on what? Vampires. Sure. Vampires have never been sexier. Okay. Except about five years ago when vam- when it was true that everything was vampires. <laughs> See, this Carry is on what, with the bit. This is what... Christian uh, culture is always a few years behind. I'm Grant old. the premise, Matt. Now, here's what happens is people, uh, that's what they're into is like, you know, and I'm not talking about in the old days, you had a guy with, you know, like a Eastern European accent yeah. and a cape. Right. Sure. And Terrorizing Keanu Reeves for some reason. Right. Okay. Who was that, doing a British accent, which just sounded Eastern European. And that this is not that. This is what we're talking about here is vampires that are skinny right uh, sparkly they 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 sparkle quaffed in, in the they're they're finely quaffed look uh, good in jeans they chiseled they're, abs they're wearing skinny jeans and you know what hairless chest totally hairless chest <laughs> so you gotta wax that piece bro this is why i'm trying <laughs> to wax to, it wow. okay that catchphrase <laughs> is never gonna happen jed <laughs> so the, <laughs> this is what we're talking about this podcast needs vampires okay need something else than what's just happening so. now here's what i started thinking and i and i'm just kind of sending this out there yeah if you don't like it send it right back okay what i'm trying to say is i feel as though jed has many vampire like qualities oh tote well there That's is true. the aforementioned rising and sleeping times well along those lines i went on the internet okay and I looked up, you know how you type there in. There is an actual paper printout happening here, people. Wow. Wow. I looked up, you know, like you know how to, uh, how, you know how to tell if your friend is, you know, whatever, addicted to something, or how right. to tell if your friend has a bad boyfriend or something. Well, you Fair. take a quiz. Well, I looked up how to tell is if Cosmo you're... your homepage. Why are there so many quizzes? Well, th- this is what I'm saying is, uh, so what I think we should do All is right. Matt will read off the questions and then we'll answer them All and right. see what we're dealing with. And this are is... you going to answer for Jed or is Jed going to answer for Jed? Well, I, I think, think we, we should to... answer as a group. We, yeah, we ought to all vote. Exactly. We're, we're yeah. seeking consensus. All right. Okay. Many times as I was working towards my college degree, I thought someday I'd be administering a vampire quiz on the internet. Please proceed. <laughs> all right. Vampire quiz question one. Is he rarely seen outdoors during the daylight? Well, there we go. That's yeah. I think that, we'd all agree on that that's one. That's totally true. You could Clear, yes. granted, here in Chicago, that daylight ends at 4 o'clock now. 
All right, question two. Does he engage in chronic brooding? <laughs> well, let me just tell you what. That's a that you can give a hundred percent on that one. Jed right. Jed broods a lot. Uh, I'm pretty broody, it's true. <laughs> it's chronic. All right. Number three. Has he been known to bite things that don't belong to him? <laughs> yes. There's a story behind that, Glenn. Go ahead. Okay, very quickly. We're on a plane flight to L.A. We have a layover in Vegas, I think yeah. it was. We've got about uh, maybe 15 minutes between flights. We're dying of starvation. Jed and I and uh, a, a buddy of ours named Mike Gonzalez, who used to work for our ministry, uh, we we got to get something to eat, so we had just enough time to get off the plane, run to this burrito stand, order three burritos, and and run to our next flight. We're standing in line to get on the plane, and Jed, in his mind, says, "You know, I could wait till I get on the plane, get seated in my seat. But why you know, would I, got, I? Got the little tray, and then I can just enjoy my burrito." He says, "No, I'm going to eat my burrito right now, while we're waiting in line." <laughs> He, and you know how it is with a burrito. You got like the first two or three bites, you're just dealing with tortilla. Yeah. Then you get down into the real burrito of the burrito. And he realizes he's eating Mike's burrito. It's delicious. Mike was not also, by the way, just point out for you guys, not only a, uh, a co-worker and a trusted friend, he was what is known in certain circles as a big, scary man. Yeah. yeah he's a former Eating Mike's member. burrito is a brave act. So Jed hands this shredded, half-eaten burrito to Mike oh, and says, man. there you go. Enjoy that. <laughs> then he digs into the bag, just grabs whatever burrito happens to come into his grubby little digits then he starts eating that burrito he's halfway through that one when he realizes this is my burrito that he's eating yeah he has me a shredded half-eaten burrito and then proceeds to with a smile on his face enjoy his own burrito yeah despite the fact that he's already had half of each of ours yeah so essentially, when you ask the question, has Jed put his mouth on things that don't belong to him? The answer to that is yes. That was very much not the question. Yeah. <laughs> has he been known to bite things that don't belong to him? Oh, okay. That's yes. Also, yeah. that's true. All yes. right. We're going to move on quickly. Number four, is he pale in complexion? <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's so. Once again, living in Chicago, there's not enough sunlight for anyone to not be. Number five, has he willingly seen more than one Twilight movie? Hmm. Have I? I know I've seen one. I think I have seen two. I think I have there seen. You go. That also, you got to uh, tick the box because the the wife is a fan. So. Oh, absolutely. I think that stretches the bounds of the term willingly, but sure. All right, moving that's, on. That's so far. It's a hundred percent. Sure, absolutely. About a thousand. Does his manner of dress indicate that perhaps he isn't able to see his reflection in the mirror? <laughs> wow. I'm starting to doubt the validity of this quiz. I feel like we're just saying hurtful things about Jed right now. I feel like it looks like this online quiz was written in a pages document and printed. Yeah. I don't even know what we're saying right now. All right, we're gonna move on. Next question on the is Jed a vampire quiz? Is he known to play keyboards in the basement? Again, I don't know that that yeah. has anything to do with vampirism. Yeah, we're in a basement now, and Jed is right in front of a set of keyboards. So it's like and uh, when you were writing this quiz, were you maybe thinking more of you know fan of the opera kind of thing there? Well, you know, like you, you, you know, Dracula's got keyboards. You know, he's got the big <laughs> organ. You know what I'm saying? I think it's fan, <laughs> of, the it's opera, fan of the opera. I'm talking about your old Transylvania. I, let me just try and tell you what I know. Old school. Lynn's going back Nosferatu on this. This is what I'm trying to talk about. Right. There was an Oregon music in. That's probably because it was a silent film. I think Lynn got confused. Also, I like the idea that you're known, that vampires are known for playing keyboards in the basement. (laughs) Like, yeah, vampires. Blood and keyboards in the basement. I know vampires. That's that's how they do. Oddly, on this uh, clearly written for me quiz, the answer is yes to everything so far. So keep going. Let's see where it goes. There's a final question. Okay. Which uh, makes me think that this quiz is not official. Okay. And that maybe this whole bit was a thing just for Glenn to get me to read this out loud. I don't even know what we're talking about. Final question, which apparently has something to do with Jed being a vampire. I'm going to get this out with a straight face just to spite you. (laughs) Has he ever suggested that his stripper name should be Peaches? Yes. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. That's 100% true. Totally you, you, true. Was, you constructed quite an elaborate little scheme to get me to say that There's, phrase out loud, didn't you? 
Let me just, There's a lot of specificity to that a lot going last on. question. Uh, Maybe that was in the footnotes in Twilight, like the appendix. Let me just say, uh, I'm kind of shocked at the outcome here. I think we all are. Because at first I wasn't sure, is Jada Vampire, but now it's pretty much a done deal. Clearly I am. So I think so how do we how do we turn that into those sweet sweet podcast numbers? Well, I think we announce it. Right, sure. that's step one. So say that the only Christian podcast with its own vampire. Correct. Okay. Uh, and then uh, just watch the sweet sweet podcast numbers roll in. Okay. Do I have to be like really breathy and have a lot of mournful longing looks? <laughs> well, I think this is the thing, Jed that that we learned from the survey is you're already in the zone i'm already there i just keep doing, uh, you what, just, I'm doing. You just gotta keep be doing you. what you're doing you gotta you got i think if we learned anything from the twilight movies though you could stand to be more flat and inflectionless <laughs> can you can you climb up a tree and be bothered by things <laughs> i'm bothered <laughs> <laughs> so i i think uh this is uh, i'm excited I, I think it's a great positive development i i think uh uh, we're going to have a, a lot of the... You know who's going to listen now? Tell me. Is, it's what they call tweens. <laughs> we are going to get a huge tween audience. Now, a, a lot of people in the audience don't know what tweens are. They're people so who I, shouldn't be listening to this show is what I, they are. That's true. I'll, I'll that's, explain that's, that's what, true. what's meant by tweens. Tweens are people uh, roughly in a teenage to pre-teenage uh, area who don't have taste in things. Right. Sure. Right. But you know so, what they do have? Control over the market. That's, that's absolutely correct. So I think um, uh, now, and, and we're probably not ready for this, but just the next okay, sure. phase, because you got to be, you got to look forward to the next phase, right. is a possible swoopy haired boy band featuring vampires. Okay. Okay. I feel like that's, you know, if you combine those. You we're, here, we're we're done, you know. Well, I think you've hit on the dominant uh, pop culture meme. If 1998 careened into 2006, let, let me it would just be boy made I'm just floating this out there, and we're just spitballing here. We don't have to. Okay. We're not committed to this. <laughs> uh, Stepsons of Mumford. Wow! Wow! Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. Do we bringing in? See that way you get your hipsters in there. Right. You get your tweens. Right. You get your your people who like uh, swoopy-haired boy bands. Right. And it's all together with a sparkly vampire. So I'm picturing swoopy hair, flat melancholy delivery, right. synchronized dance moves, yeah. banjos and vests. That's it. Yeah, that's a winner right there. That <laughs> is getting it done. That's also, Lee, uh, the three of us have all uh, unwillingly spilled details that Reveal that we've seen at least one Twilight movie. Would you, you like to get in on this shame train? Have we uh, seen the I Twilight? You going to admit to that publicly and be a bro? I was uh, I was asked to watch the first Twilight, and we we did laugh our way through it. Especially sure. there was I remember there being a scene in the hospital that was some of the worst acting that has ever happened yeah. in the history of movies. And I was not forced to watch any of the other ones after that. Well, that's good. I also think we're learning, this, this may be something, if we can file this away in the future, yeah. as we're learning to market things, um, all four of us have seen at least a Twilight movie, it appear. Now, none of us wanted to see the Twilight movies, right? but there were pretty ladies involved, and we've all seen the Twilight movies, and that's how marketing works. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm yeah. wondering uh, what legalistic Jed would think of all this vampiric uh, elements here. Well, Glenn, I'm relieved that you've asked because I have been troubled in my spirit for quite some time mm. about this very <laughs> subject. Uh, the occult is uh, something condemned by Scripture, quite clearly, and I believe that to harbor an interest in it for entertainment purpose is to make a mockery of mm. the Word of Almighty God. And it's not a laughing matter, is it? It's not a laughing matter. I think, uh, Glenjamin, that ultimately... <laughs> All right, yeah, get, yeah. it's not going to get funnier than that. Yeah, no, but, that's uh, it. I'm going to stop there. I'm also going to point out, folks, that uh, we don't really talk about much of this that we do on the podcast beforehand because we like to keep it spontaneous, and we're so lazy. 
Um, but we definitely, Glenn did spring uh, legalistic Jed on Jed at that moment, and the speed at which that transformation happened was deeply disturbing. Yeah. Because yeah. you guys don't see it, but there's a posture that happens with legalistic Jed. Oh, yeah. And to see that momentary <laughs> transformation so smoothly, I'm very creeped out right now. Well, that's the well, thing about legalistic Jed is it's not funny because it's so real. Yeah, oh, yeah we've met. Yeah, we've well, it, met it comes from a deep place. It, it comes yeah. from that. You can't you can't pull an impression off like that unless you have been deeply, deeply rooted in some crazy legalism. Unless you've had many white people come to the bridge and just have opinions. Yeah, I enjoy uh, worship music. <laughs> Quick story. I'm going to tell this uh, so we can. There was a guy, bless his heart, he's from like some hipster church, and they were from like Minnesota or something, like a youth group. Occasionally in the summers, we'll have like Lee's group, and now some others will come do like a missions trip, and part of that will become the bridge. And this guy in the skinniest of jeans and the tortoise shelliest of glasses comes up to Judd after the thing and says, "Uh, I, I enjoy worship music. Now, Jed is our worship leader. He didn't say, I enjoyed what you did, yeah. or I like your songs, or just, I enjoy the genre of worship music, Yeah, and I thought I should share that. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. White people. Said that, and then just kind of stared at me for 30 <laughs> seconds, so I tried to figure out what the heck I was supposed to say in reply. Oh, boy. Yep. All right, so we've gone fully off the rails, but I think we all enjoyed the ride. Let's talk about merchandise. Woo! If you were to be a vampire cavorting around now, there's no way to make that segue happen. We've got beanies. That's the important thing. We've got Heather Gray beanies with an orange Say That logo on them, and they can be yours for a Bridgebox subscription. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. That's $8 a month. You get sermons. You get original worship songs. You get chord charts for those songs. You get a video. You get devotionals. You get Bible studies. You get all sorts of other fun bonuses. You get all that for $8 a month. That's way more content than you are paying for. And if you sign up in the month of February, you get a free Say That Beanie. Or you can sign, you say, hey, look, I like the show, but the three guys in Chicago, they're a little much, and you're not wrong. No. But Lee, Lee's pleasant, and he's helpful, and he's- And not a vampire. Not a vampire at all. I don't want to give my money mm. to a vampire. Who knows what they could use that money for? Good point. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You want to support Lee? That's great. MissionUSA.com slash BBLY. You get a- New worship song from Lee every month. You get a little video behind the scenes, and you get content from other bridge boxes that Lee has handpicked to go around his theme for that month. MissionUSA.com slash BBLY. Or if you just feel like showing off, throwing your money around, you can get both. Email me, Matt at MissionUSA.com. I'll send you the super secret link to get eight sixteen dollars worth of stuff for only twelve dollars a month and free beanie. It'd be bad stewardship not to do that. Absolutely. Can you say that as legalistic, Jed, to sell it? Um, I feel like to forego such a good and fiscally responsible opportunity would be to show bad stewardship of that which God has entrusted unto you. Really? <laughs> when you show bad sh- bad stewardship, you make baby David Ramsey cry. All right. <laughs> that is the greatest oh. thing that has ever been said in this room. I almost got that one out clean. Impressive. All right. Uh, and we have a very special super secret fourth way you can get to say that beanie. Or if you don't want a beanie, you can get to say that t-shirt or say that wristbands. Any piece of say that swag you can pick. In the month of February, our good friend and one of our favorite Christian songwriters, Eric Peters, is putting out a digital record of some B-sides and unreleased songs. It's called Counting My Rings. It's a great record. There's, there's a few very fun songs on it. So that's going to come out. Eric Peters Music is his Twitter, and ericpeters.net is his website. It's coming out on February 5th, which should be the day before this right here episode drops. And you can go get that record and email me, again, matt at missionusa.com, or you can send it to say that podcast at gmail.com. A proof of purchase, that can be a screenshot of the email, it can be a screenshot of it in your iTunes library. And if you do that, we will send you your choice of a piece of Say That swag. Also, if you buy any of Eric's studio albums, they're all on iTunes, they're all on his website. Uh, the latest one I comes highly recommended from all of us here. It's called Birds of Relocation. Uh, quick little testimony here. If you're someone who struggles with depression at all, that's an awesome record. You need to have that. You need to have Absolutely. it in your mind. There's some the, just the best songs I've ever heard about dealing with kind of uh, voices Uh, The negative voices, self-critical stuff in your mind. Eric's a great artist, great songwriter. So if you buy any Eric Peter stuff, send us a proof of purchase. We will send you some very special Say That swag. Now we get into our first question. 
This came in anonymously to our email. If you hang out with us all the way to the end, I'll give you all those addresses to send us questions. This person says, my girlfriend and I took a break and then got back together. We're focused on moving forward and seeking God in our relationship and not letting our past define us. My parents don't think we should be together and that redefining a relationship in this way, quote, takes years, not months. The thing is, I don't have the best relationship with my parents, and I think most of their advice is total bullcrap. Any tips on navigating this situation? Lee, can you start us off? Definitely. Uh, thanks for writing in, and I'm sorry about the situation you find yourself in. It sounds pretty sucky. Um, there, b- Before I get rolling on this, I will say, just kind of as a disclaimer, there are some variables that could change the advice on this massively, depending on your age, what the history of the relationship was, and what kind of folks you've got. But, um, you know, assuming that you're, that you're giving us, you know, um, just a really, you know, assuming you're, you know, uh, an age where you're not living at home, um, or that you're, um, you're, you're adults and that, and, uh, and you know what's going on and, you know, you're, you're submitting to the Lord in this. Uh, let, let me tell you my take on this, which would be um, <clears throat> when you are, if you are an adult who is in a relationship with another adult and you believe in Jesus, you love Jesus, the thing that you want to do to get the boundaries of that relationship and to figure out where you need to go on it is you need to get your answers from the Lord. You need to, you need to ask the Lord what the, what should be the deal on this relationship? Should you move forward on it? How should you, how should you deal with this? And, and take your cues from him. Every single relationship is like, it's like a thumbprint. It's going to be different every single time. And you know, for, for every single person. And you want to make sure that, that the Lord is the one that's calling the shots on this. Now, um, there are, you know, I, I've known tons of folks, and and uh, and there are tons of folks who you know even have believing parents, but believing parents who have a terrible marriage, for instance. If your parents don't have a good marriage, and that and you look at their life and you realize like that's not the kind of relationship I want, then obviously you you don't want to be taking relationship advice from them. Um, you want to make sure that you, as far as the people in your life who speak into your uh, speak into you the the wisdom as far as moving your relationships forward, you want to have people in your life who have a great marriage, somebody who loves their mate, somebody who's devoted to serving the Lord together, somebody who's who's got the kind of marriage that you want to see yourself in. And those are the kinds of people that you want to go to and ask for advice. If you look at your parents' lives and you feel like most of their advice is suspect or worse, then you know, I think if you, if especially if you are at an age where you're an adult, especially if you're living on your own and all that kind of stuff, then you can just simply say, I'm sorry that you feel this way about it, but you know, we're going to the Lord on the direction of this relationship. I've got people in my life who give me advice that I trust, and this is what I'm going to do. Um, if you don't feel afraid to to speak into, you know, to, to basically set the boundaries for your parents that say, especially, again, if you are adults, to set the boundaries for your parents to say, um, I love you, I appreciate you, but I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my cues from the Lord on this, and, um, and, and we're going to do this this way, and, and just make it very clear to your parents how you're going to handle that situation. Absolutely, Glenn. I absolutely agree with that. I think it's very, very sound advice on that. Uh, I think it's it's worth uh, looking at, uh, you know, yeah, they're saying to you straight up, uh, redefining relationship takes years, not months. Uh, you know, I don't know about that. I, I, I think uh, they're stretching that point to the breaking point, and I think that's what you're picking up on. Uh, but the question behind that is what are, what's the real reason why they're making this comment? In other words, they're kind of stretching this, uh, point, uh, uh, a little too far to be believable. Is there something else that they're seeing that they're, whatever it is, they're not comfortable being more forthcoming with it. They're not being as open about it, whatever the thing is. Uh, if you know what that real thing is or you have a sense of it then you know how to process the advice that you're getting uh if you don't then it you know might be worth asking you say you know i love you 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 appear to be giving me advice that's you know stretches credulity is there something else that you're really concerned about 
let's let's talk in real terms. Uh, but as as Lee is suggesting, that's assuming you really do want to hear their advice and and that you respect uh, uh, you know where they're coming from with their marriage and feel like they can give you some good advice. Uh, it, I think it is important when we're dealing with parents, we want to show them as much respect as as we can. Uh, even if they have no idea what they're talking about and are uh, currently trying to monkey about in a situation and make it far worse. Um, But I I think that really comes down to communicating in clear language. I see the point that you're making. I understand the point that you're making. I don't agree with the point that you're making, but it is duly noted. Right. I, I think sometimes, uh, not just parents, but any of us have a sense of if you understand the point I'm making, you will inevitably agree with me. That's just <laughs> that's how life goes, you know. You know. Why won't you understand my genius? Exactly right. Um, but we, it is important to communicate to people. I do see your point. Uh, I do understand it. It's not some form of Chinese arithmetic. I can work out what you're saying. I just happen to not agree with it, but I, I have filed it away. I'm, I'm aware of your concerns there and who knows, maybe that may come up. The last point I'll make is sometimes parents bless them, uh, can get kind of stuck in a rut with their, uh, ministry and their, their, uh, rearing of children. And, uh, uh, that often takes shape in something that's kind of putting a wet blanket on everything you know can i borrow the car no can can i not do homework tonight and instead watch tv no can i eat my dessert before breakfast no i mean just everything is just um uh everything is a a series of extremely bad ideas that children are having that you have to talk them out of and at some point you can get stuck in that and kind of be in a wet blanket to every idea to every concept uh, it can be a bad habit, and and it can. I, I think you may be picking up on that sense of this might be more of a reflexive reaction than one that's really been thought through and prayed through and what have you. So you might invite them to you know revisit it, rethink it through on their part as well. And I think you ought to look at as Lee is suggesting. You need uh, real mentoring if you're not getting good advice from your own parents or you just don't feel like that's a comfortable arrangement there and most of the times it won't be most people would prefer to get their mentoring and their uh, couples counseling from uh, a, a a outside third party kind of a, a stranger person so that might be a pastor it might be uh, a couples counselor what have you so you should uh, look to get good advice from someone that you do trust that you do feel is qualified to give you that input if it's not mom and dad uh, then go elsewhere and then inform mom and dad we're getting, you know, we're working on that. We're getting some good advice and uh, let's let that be it. Absolutely. Jed. Well, I think these brothers have, have covered this real well. The, the one thing I'd add in is, um, you know, their, their comment about a redefining a relationship takes years, not months. As Glenn said, that's, that's not true. And that's not really close to true, uh, but it may reveal something to you about their own marriage um, where they have issues and they have problems and they've convinced themselves to change anything would take you know so so long that we can do it at a pace where mm. you couldn't really tell if change was happening or not, and and that's what you call you know uh, uh, setting yourself up to keep doing what you've always been doing. Um, you know, that that may be what you're picking up on, and that may be why you don't have a super great relationship with them, and that may be why you think their advice to quote you is total bullcrap um, is that they haven't been handling their business for a long time. And, and, and that may be the reason why is that they've, they've decided we could just move at a pace where no change would ever occur. And, and that would be life. But, you know, uh, um, to the extent, you know, you said in the beginning of your question that you're moving forward, you're seeking the Lord, you're not letting your past define us. Uh, we got your back, man. Um, you know, uh, um, you know, handling your business like, like an adult, you know, facing change head on, that's the right way to go. And we believe in you. That's totally right. One thing I'll tack on to the end of this here is, and we say it a lot on this show, but it bears repeating, especially in this context, you should not take marriage advice from a relationship advice from people whose marriage you don't want. Yeah, exactly. It was yeah, for any exactly. arena in life, but there's a lot of uh, folks out there who would say, my parents aren't bad people, so they must have good advice. Nope. That doesn't track. They And your uh, people can have good advice about one thing and bad advice about another thing. 
Your dad might know how to uh, fix your car if you're in trouble, and that's very good, and we appreciate him for that. But if you don't want the parent's marriage, don't take relationship advice from them. Find another source. All right, we're going to move on to our next question here. This came into our Tumblr inbox. It says, I've realized, I have recently realized I have a horrible trait in myself. For some reason, I cannot be happy for my friends whenever something good happens to them. I mean, I can fake it for their sake and all, but when I'm alone, I get this feeling of sadness because I compare their circumstances to mine, making me feel unhappy. I know that this is a detrimental mentality because that what's going to happen when my friends start getting engaged or having amazing job opportunities. I don't want to think like this anymore. Please help. Glenn, can you start us off? Yeah, I sure can. Um, what we're really looking at here, of course, is uh, your classic insecurity and, uh, and, and of course, uh, a certain amount of envy with that. And here's the thing about envy is it becomes uh, in our brains the way it take shape is the idea that other people getting ahead is somehow keeping me from getting ahead. That right. when this person has success, that means there's less success in the world for me. When this person gets engaged and has a boyfriend, that means there's one less man in the world <laughs> for me to whatever. This is not how life works. Um, the, the, uh, the, the devil sows so many uh, seeds of insecurity uh, around us and it's important for us to be on the lookout for that it's important for us to be on the attack and it's important for us to take these anxieties that we feel and take them to the Lord because uh, if you do that this is the first thing that you will get the, this is the first thing the Lord will help you break down is that your friends uh, doing better and having success and so forth uh, doesn't mean a lack of success for you it doesn't mean by contrast you're less successful or less happy or whatever you are what you are that your 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 friends lives going up or down uh, doesn't mean that your life goes up or down uh, so we have to get a, a viewpoint in this stuff that's based in reality we have a lot of things that give us anxiety that go unchecked and and that's part of what you're saying here is this this is something that's just come to your attention um, the thing about insecurity is the focus is 100 percent on you and the, here's the problem with that is that, uh, that what's being presented here is an unsolvable puzzle. Uh, it's it's, a, it's, it's a, a setup where there's no way for you to win it. If, if I say to myself, uh, you know, I think that Jed doesn't like the way that I dress, and I'm insecure about the way that I dress, and I think Jed the way Jed dresses is cooler because he has more money and he can afford nicer clothes. And so I think whenever we're together, he's looking at my clothes and thinking that I don't have nice clothes. Now, in reality, of course, Jed could not care less what it is <laughs> I'm wearing. So we have to, again, that's where we get a, a, a bit of reality to it. But um, the thing is, let's say in my little scenario of insecurity about clothing, let's say that Jed notices something that I'm wearing and says, well, that's a very nice sweater that you have on or whatever it is. Well, uh, in my world, I turn that into uh, an insecure comment. I, I turn it into a negative thing. If, you, if he says, this is a nice sweater that you're wearing, I say, well, geez, I, I wore a sweater just like this yesterday, and he didn't say anything, so that must have meant he hated that other sweater. So we can turn anything into insecurity. There's no way to solve that problem. This is no way to get out from underneath it. All that focus is on me, and I, and yet I'm putting the onus on Jed. Jed has to talk me out of being insecure. Uh, it, when, as I'm saying here, there's no way to do that. So it's an unsolvable puzzle. This is, this is something that can't be fixed. Uh, therefore... The right way to look at insecurity is that it's something we must drop. It's something we must release. It's something we must simply put our foot down and say, this is not reality. This is not how I want to live. This is not how I want to think. That's a decision. There's no how-to on that. You simply make that decision. I am no longer, going to, no longer going to think along these lines. I'm not going to allow the devil to sow the seeds of that. The, as you have figured out from me saying that, the, uh, and, and as these other brothers are going to unpack for you, uh, the trick is not saying it. The trick is sticking with that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I'm going to hand that over to these other guys to 
give you a sense of how to do that. Uh, but it, it, part of it's recognizing there's no way out of this other than making that decision. For sure. Jed? Well, darling, I'm really sorry you're feeling the way that you feel. And if it helps at all, holy cow, can I relate? Because everything you are describing is the life of a professional musician. Um, yeah. It is yeah. uh, when you work in music and, and um, all of us on this podcast have done a certain amount of that. Uh, dude, it is just all day, every day comparing yourself to other people. And why did this jerk get that gig that I didn't get? What's so special about him? I play guitar better than he can. That's all day, every day. Yeah. I mean, it just nonstop. And it'll, the thing is, you can look at yourself and, you know, you can know, you can know it's wrong, but it's eating you alive, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, I mean, there there is that sense of just, you know, uh, you know, who's this schmo? Why does he get it? And I'm, I'm pretty awesome. Um, and, and it, you know, as Glenn said, the way out is not to reason with that mindset. It's not to, you know, to, to try and, you know, figure out maybe I have a point. And besides, the, the way out is to say I'm going to do something in, in terms of in my brain just entirely different. I'm going to drop this and I'm going to pick up something else entirely. Here's what I think you want to pick up. I think you need a life that does not suck. Envy is born of a life that sucks. Now, that doesn't mean your circumstances are bad. Uh, understand, that's that's not the same thing. But it's very tough to tempt a contented person with envy. It, it just it doesn't work that way. When, when you're a person, when you're living a life where you feel a sense of meaning and purpose, uh, you feel a sense of peace and joy, uh, you feel a sense of contentment in your life, it's it's just really hard to, to mess with you. It's really hard to, to tempt you. It's really hard to make you envious. And again, the funny thing there is uh, that can be true whether you're rich or poor or anywhere in between. That, that doesn't have a lot to do with with your circumstances. In fact, studies show in the last you know few years, psychologists have studied happiness a lot. Uh, and what they found is that circumstances account for only about 10% of a person's happiness. Um, that about 50% of it has to do with genetic makeup and um, you know uh, uh, personality that kind of thing. But 40% of it is just what they choose. It's just exactly, what they do yeah. with themselves. Um, you know, but circumstances, we want to be clear, that's the smallest piece. And that includes things like whether you're single or not. Um, uh, uh, what, what the data shows is, um, if you're miserable as a single person, you're going to become miserable as a married person. Uh, that's, that's, you, yeah. you choose happiness is, is the thing. So how do you do that? Practically speaking? Well, I'd like to suggest a couple of things for you to look at. First of all, one of the best things you can do, um, to move forward with this is to find a way to serve other people, to yeah. find people who are doing without, um, uh, who and that could be material things like food and clothing and shelter. That can be um, more spiritual and emotional stuff like you know kids in you know, a big brothers big sisters program that need a friend and need somebody to be a mentor for them. But if you'll find people that are doing without and um, <coughs> simply serve them in Jesus' name, uh, it, it, things will start to change. Yeah. Um, it, that will help you engage a different side of your brain. It will turbocharge your walk. I can tell you that right now. And get uh, the focus off of you. Get the focus off of you, which is which is the best thing we can we can possibly do. I think the the next thing is to start looking at where do I want my life to go. In other words, if I could just choose a sense of momentum and direction, what do I want it? to be how do i want it to um when i get out in the morning when i get out of bed in the morning what kind of day do i want to have before me and and be specific be t detailed make a list uh you know write down you know i, I want to live in this kind of place and i want to do this kind of work and i want to um you know hang out with these kind of people you know make a list be specific and then start asking yourself what's actually standing in the way of that what is it? What would the first step be if I wanted to move towards that kind of life? So, for example, um, you know, on your list, maybe I'd like to be married, or at the very least, I'd like to have you know a dating relationship. Uh, well, maybe one of the first things that would be in terms of steps to move forward would be: Are you putting yourself out there? Are you going to singles events at your church? Are you you know trying an online dating site like an eHarmony? Um, and if you're not, then the challenge is to take that step. The challenge is to start moving in that direction. There are few things in life more powerful than momentum. 
Uh, very, very few. And a lot of what you're pointing to is you feel most envious when you feel like you don't have momentum in your life, like you're just floating, you're not going anywhere. Well, the good news is you can, you can generate momentum. A day at a time, a step at a time, a decision at a time, you can start to propel yourself in a direction you actually want to go. Does that mean you can will yourself into being a rock star or a movie star? No, it doesn't. But you can start to walk in a direction that you'd like your life to look like. I think if you combine serving other people with taking step making decisions and taking steps to point your life in a direction you'd like it to go, I think you'll find that will help a whole lot with this envy problem. That's a great point, Lee. Uh, the last thing that I'd like to come in on, on for this problem is is just to look at the fact that what the devil is doing to you is just sleight of hand. Um, and, you know, I've got three kids, and one thing that I like to do is just kind of like look up like simple little magic tricks, little illusions that you can do, because kids just it blows their mind to see like the, you know, like little, little magic tricks and stuff like that. And when, when you're trying to learn like a sleight of hand magic trick, the, the basic principle of a sleight of hand trick is that you just want to get the audience looking at the wrong thing. Yep. That's the whole thing. I just want to divert your attention to the wrong thing so that you don't see what's really happening. And that's what the enemy's doing is because when something great happens to your friends, uh, you know, or some, some other thing that, you know, uh, you know, whatever it is, what a job opportunity or a relationship or whatever you're talking about, what's happening is that the enemy is getting your focus on the wrong thing, which is he's saying to you, what does this all mean? What does this mean about you? What does this yep. mean about them? What's the interpretation of all this? Like, if you th- just think about this, does this mean that this person is better than you? Does this mean that this person is cooler than you? Does this mean that this person takes better advantage of, of, of situations and opportunities than you? Does this mean that you suck? Does this mean that you'll always suck? Does this mean that your suckiness is boundless? And there's all <laughs> this, there's just so much thought about, you know, just trying to dig in and figure out what does this mean? Just, I, I need to interpret all this stuff that I'm focused on. And that's the thing is you're looking at the wrong thing. You're just, it doesn't, here's the deal. When, when I've started moving past, because I, I know ex- Jed is exactly right. When you play music, this is an endless thing. I mean, no you could absolutely wear yourself out because especially these days, there are so many artists doing so many things and you just see people, you know, retweeting their posts and, you know, and their Kickstarters are doing great and all these things. And it's like, boy, I'll never, I'll never have that, you know? And what does it, what does it mean about my album that, you know, what does it mean about my account? What does it mean about this or that? Maybe if you just tried harder, Lee. (laughs) (laughs) It's an endless thing. I, I, I've talked. I've talked to Christy about some of these things in my own my, my own life and heart in terms of my own music, and I've gotten to a place where I, I've just said, you know what, this doesn't mean anything. I'm not going to look at it. I, I'm just not going to look at this at all because what that dude is doing in their music career, it's honestly none of my business, and it just doesn't matter, and it doesn't mean anything about me whatsoever. I've stopped looking at that thing altogether, but I'm looking at something else now, which is who am I? Who am I in the heart of God? What does he say about me? And what does my faith in Jesus say about what, who I am, what I mean to him, and what he's doing in my life? Because if it's true that God is at work in my life, then, I'm, then the things that happen to me, my circumstances that I can't control, those are the exact things that a, a, a sovereign God is working in my life to make me the kind of person that he wants. He's setting up opportunities, getting me in a position to become a specific person that's not that other person. So when you look at all these things happening to your friends, don't try to figure out what they all mean. Don't try to figure out what they mean about that person in comparison to what they mean to you. That's, that's looking at the wrong thing. It's a sleight of hand. You're paying attention to the wrong thing so that you miss the trick. The trick is figure out who does God say you are? Yeah. And what is, what is he doing in your life? And what opportunities is he, is he opening up? Because he, the truth is, and what your faith tells you is, that Almighty God loves you 
infinitely, and he has in in store for you and in a plan for you an awesome and unbelievable individual thing for you to do on this planet. Nobody else in the history of the world can do exactly the thing that you can for his kingdom. It's special. It's an assignment. It's something that he has for you. And when you do that thing, it's going to fill you up like nothing else could. And so that's the thing we want to figure out. Who are you and what is God doing in your life? What does he want to do with you? Amen. Amen. I think that's a fantastic point. All right, we're going to move on to our last question here. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr. It says, I help lead a youth group and would like your opinion on some good books that you would recommend for high schoolers and young Christians, maybe something along the lines of a solid gospel presentation and its impact on the lives of high schoolers. We like to do this every once in a while, just get some book recommendations out there. Jed, start us off. Sure, sure. I can definitely do that. But I'd actually like to recommend that you do something a little bit different. Um, I think if you want to give your kids a solid gospel presentation, that should come from you. Um, I think uh, you should know them and love them and talk to them and introduce them to Jesus yourself and not ask a book to do that. I think where books become really useful is expanding horizons and helping you think um, in new ways and examine questions you wouldn't consider otherwise. Because since you're leading a a youth group of high schoolers, what you know is these kids are going to finish high school and they're going to go off to college. And they're going to be in a new environment and um, confronting new things. And if you help them learn how to think, and how to uh, overcome obstacles and how to look at questions without being afraid, you'll actually be doing a huge service for their spiritual life. So I recommend three books to you to look at. Uh, Two of them are by a guy named Philip Yancey. Um, I think we mentioned him in this same episode, didn't we? Uh, Last week, I think. Last week. week. Uh, One of my favorite Christian authors. Great, great dude. I think I've read nearly everything he's written. Um, But the two I would really recommend to you is uh, The Bible Jesus Read and The Jesus I Never Knew. Uh, Mm -hmm. Those are both great books, and they're particularly good books for kids in high school to read, and here's why. Um, uh, I hope I don't uh, offend too many of our uh, listeners here, wink, wink. Um, Actual biblical Jesus and Christianity has nothing to do with Fox News. I mean, nothing at all, not even a little bit. And the thing is, the kids in your youth group, they sense that. They they kind of know that that's true. Um, And as they go forward in their life, they're going to have to make peace with that. And these books uh, will help them do that now. Uh, They'll help them, instead of having the Shea poster in their dorm room (laughs) as they're, you know, exploring what they want their identity to be. These books will help them begin to figure out uh, what the Bible actually said, who Jesus actually was, what the deal actually was now. And you can help to shepherd that process now, which is a really key thing. Rather than them doing a bunch of exploring kind of off on their own without anyone who knows what they're talking about to help guide them, you can be there and help guide them. But I'd encourage you, I think those are two great books, and I think they're great books specifically because they're going to help these kids um, face an obstacle they're going to have to face soon in a healthy way, particularly with you guiding them. Similar to that, uh, Donald Miller, a great writer, a cool dude, his book, Blue Like Jazz, uh, I'd definitely recommend. And I'd recommend, again, for a similar reason. One of the things that I bet your kids have gotten in their brain is that being a Christian means having the right answers to everything all the time. That that's, if you're going to be a Christian, that's the way you have to live, is you always know everything about everything. And what they're going to discover when they go off to college in life is that's not true. And at a certain point, they're going to face things where they don't have an answer, and that's going to be a really difficult moment. Uh, a lot of Blue Light Jazz has to do with recognizing there's a lot of stuff you don't have good answers to. Yeah, and yeah. if you'll have them read that and kind of work through it with them, you can help to shepherd them through that process of uh, discovering humility, uh, discovering peace in the fact that God has all the answers, even if we don't. Uh, that it's okay to ask questions. It's okay that there are questions we don't have good answers to. I think if you put those three books together, again, Philip Yancey, The Bible Jesus Read, Philip Yancey, The Jesus I Never Knew, and Donald Miller, Blue Like Jazz, all great books, and it'll help to safeguard your kids against problems they're going to inevitably face in the next several years of their lives. Absolutely. Lee? Uh, that's a. Those are awesome recommendations. I also uh, really, really loved that the Yancey book. Uh, What's so amazing about grace? That was a great one too. Um, 
I, I would say something before I give uh, a couple of book recommendations. One thing is, I loved how Jed said, you know, that this needs to come from you, and you need to be in the lives of your uh, uh, of the kids that you're reaching out to, know them, know where they are. That's that's true for anybody in any level of ministry. So if you're working with kids, if you're working with little kids, if you're working with really old people, if you're working with people, what whatever the situation is. But if you're working with youth, um, if you're working with high school kids, whatever. Um, you want to be in their lives so much that you know what their stuff is. You know what the movies they watch are. You know what the the music they listen to are. And you want to hang out with them. Go to lunch with them. Go to dinner with them. Um, have them over to your house. That kind of stuff. And be able to. And this is this is a this is a cool thing. But be able to in the in the things that they are into. Be on the lookout for where the gospel is in the stuff that they already like. So what I mean by that is, like, let's say that you're hanging out with some high school guys, and they're and they all just got back from watching this one movie, and they just think it's the coolest thing that they've ever seen, and they're all talking about it. Well, what you don't you don't want to like divert that situation at the end by sticking a book in their hand. What you want to do is using what you know of the simple message of the gospel, you want to find find the seed or the germ of the message, message of the gospel in whatever it is that they're into and talk to them about it. Just steer that conversation when there's an opening into what it is that, you know, where the chances are and whatever that, whatever they're into, whatever movie, especially if it's like an action movie or a hero movie, somebody seeking justice or whatever, you can find an end to talk about the gospel message where they already are. That's one thing I would say. And, and as far as a book recommendation, we've said this before, and I'll say it to anybody that ever asks me, what book should they, should they recommend to, uh, to anybody of any age? And that is the, uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd-Jones, which is just an absolutely phenomenal book that she wrote for kids, but it's for anybody. And it's one of the clearest presentations of the message of the gospel in print on every single page of that book. It's beautifully illustrated by a dude named Jago Silver from Cornwall. Great, great book. Excellent. Uh, There's another, Sally Lloyd-Jones just actually wrote another book last year called uh, Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing, and it's just little one-page devotionals, kind of two paragraphs, sometimes one paragraph, real simple little devotionals. Um, again, illustrated by the same dude. Really, really killer book. And the last book that I would recommend, um, this is a little bit older book, so you'd have to find this on Amazon. I don't even think it's on Kindle yet or anything, but it's a book called Love Song by a dude named Sherwood Elliot Wirt. That's W-I-R-T. Um, it's not actually by him. He's he's translating. Um, it's a it's a it's a condensation and a translation of Augustine's Confessions into really really easily understandable, readable English. And I recommend that to you because Augustine was the most honest dude ever. And all he does is, these are just prayers that he wrote out to God. And he's so honest about his struggles, his temptations, his desire to be close to the Lord, even when he's not feeling it, what it means to walk with Jesus, even when you're feeling spiritually dry, and just all that stuff. He's so unbelievably honest. And and uh, for anybody else that's longing for just that kind of thing, just, an, just a really raw you know, prayer life relationship with the Lord... Augustine is a great place to go. And this dude, uh, Wirt, W-I-R-T, Sherwood Elliott Wirt, uh, in this book, Love Song, it's the clearest, most easily understandable translation of, of those confessions I've ever seen. I would highly, highly recommend that to you. Totally. Glenn? Yeah, I think um, it's important, uh, first of all, for us to acknowledge and, and thank you for your work with youth. Uh, that's the good stuff. We've all uh, done uh, youth ministry stuff here on, on the podcast. We feel like it's really important work for the kingdom. Uh, and as part of that, uh, it's important that you don't uh, vouch for anything that is you know destructive or uncool or will mess them up. So it's a good thing to ask about. I think uh, any author that you recommend uh, you you want to get on the Google machine and go through that. Um, if you if you did that with let's say I'm going to say about a third of the most popular Christian authors, you would or, or most pop, most best selling books. Let's put it that way. 
you would find multiple articles on about again about a third of those books uh, uh, about the the author of those books being involved in something uh, really uncool. Uh, it's a weird thing. Uh, it's just it's an uh, and I wish that wasn't true, but uh, a, a lot of uh, more popular Christian authors um, uh, are, are you know have something with finances or uh, church problems or controversies, etc. And it's really worth checking that out and, and, and being informed about that. It's it's bad news and it's stuff you don't want to hear about and you 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 wish you wouldn't have to know. But uh, your kids will ask you about it, uh, and they're and if they want recommendations from you, you have to find a smooth way of saying, "Ah, oh, that guy's not so cool. Why don't you check out this other guy?" and that kind of thing. Uh, so we'll definitely be in prayer for you as you navigate those uh, tricky waters. Uh, for sure, I agree. Uh, Donald Miller uh, can't go wrong, especially with new believers. And uh, uh, I'm going to recommend uh, Searching for God Knows What, uh, which yeah. I believe he wrote chronologically before Blue Like Jazz, even though it came Yeah, I think after, he wrote it yeah. first, but it was published after. Yeah, uh, I like it a lot as, uh, as well. I mean, I love Blue Like Jazz as well, so I think both of those are um, really good. And they're, they're kind of young sounding books i mean they're books that that teenagers can really sink their teeth into and really feel like this guy gets it and uh i think you you can't go wrong there uh but i'm going to build on jed's idea and and lee's idea about engaging them on their thought processes uh incorporating cultural stuff that they're already experiencing and i'm wondering just thinking outside the box here what would it be like to have sort of a book club where you're reading any kind of book let's say it's uh what do you what do you call it the uh uh the uh what's the one with the elves and everything lord of the rings there you go so you read that uh with it and then there's a uh, frodo <laughs> hold on we have to pause here because y'all yeah. glenn is so unnerdy that he could not remember the title of the most read novel in the 20th century. The most, the best-selling novel of the 20th century. His, his anti-nerdness prevents him from remembering the title. That, that, that he is hung correct. me out to dry because he knew Frodo's name, but he didn't say the book with Frodo. He said with elves and things and then stared at me. <laughs> so I had to take a shot there. So... But you know what? Whatever you know, whatever the you know, if it's uh, the ones with the sparkly vampires or whatever the uh, uh, you know. But um, you you know, take some, maybe something that your kids are would already be reading, right? And do like a little book club where you sit down and talk about the characters in the book. Like um, if you had a friend who was going through what this character in the book is going through. What would you say to encourage them and minister to them? You know, if you had this character in this book, if you had to lead that person to the Lord, how would you go about doing that? How would you explain the gospel to this person uh, in this novel or something like that? So where you can get them, as, as Jed's saying, thinking critically, thinking outside the box, uh, figuring out how to apply these things, uh, and doing what Lee's talking about of incorporating things they're already interested in and that they're engaged in, and um, showing them how they can um, use any of the media that they're consuming to right. to further their imagination on how they uh, live their walk. You know, I, I want to uh, be uh, a a friend and a brother in Christ like this character in this book. I I want to communicate the gospel uh, like uh, you know this guy in the the old guy in the Harry Harry Potter books. Dumbledore. That's the one. You have to say that carefully. Yes, so, you do. Um, the the thing with uh, uh, the 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 thing with all of these uh, uh, suggestions really is uh, finding ways of of uh, engaging with people and uh, your your young people there and uh, helping them to uh, reason through this stuff and work through that and and increasing their discernment. I think that's all great stuff. I'll throw a couple of real quick recommendations here at the end. Um, uh, C.S. Lewis, very popular, oft-quoted, maybe not as oft-read. A lot, well, a lot of people make, it's not necessarily a mistake, but it's a tall order to someone in high school to dive into mere Christianity. 
which is one of his kind of most popular books. Uh, it's a thick read, man. It's dense. Uh, if you want to start out with something a little it's more. a lot of philosophy. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, you definitely find out why that dude was a professor at Oxford. If you want to dive into something that is very C.S. Lucy, but is a lot more readable and kind of more fun, there's a book called The Screwtape Letters, yeah. which is a super uh, fun book and some really interesting insights, and also The Great Divorce. Same thing, small, very readable, but a lot of good stuff in there. Um, I will make one more play for plug for one of my, my favorite authors, uh, this guy named Frederick Beekner. He was a uh, Pulitzer Prize-nominated author. He's a pastor, taught at uh, Yale Seminary, so super accomplished guy. He, but he has a book called The Alphabet of Grace, which is very kind of bite-sized chunks just looking at. There's one of them that's even called like a Seeker's ABC, so basically just looking at theological concepts and big fancy words and breaking them down. And he has a, a one kind of my favorite of his books is a memoir kind of thing called uh, Telling Secrets, which if you want, uh, there you got to talk about Donald Miller. He was a little bit older when you read this book, but uh, a guy dealing with kind of his uh, family's history with alcoholism, his daughter's depression, and a, a dude who knows his stuff gospel-wise uh, grappling with some very big issues. I think that's, that's a cool thing for kids to see. May not be seeing that a lot in the church. Uh, for a strictly theological thing, that's tough to find. There's a book called Basic Christianity by a guy named... Uh, I forget his first name. Last name is Stott, S-T-O-T-T, and that is a super, like... John Stott. Yeah, John Stott, like a hundred-page, bang it out. Here is the theology of Christianity. So if you have... There are some kids who are just kind of interested in that stuff. If you want, they want to point for something, walk through it. That would be a great one. We also want to point out that we all write blogs that update... Uh, anywhere from three times daily to once a week or so with new stuff. And we answer your questions. We write about stuff that's on our minds. So um, the media landscapes change. There's no reason to uh, have to sit down with a full book. You can definitely uh, poke at some stuff, ask a specific question. You can ask a question to your C.S. Lewis book, but it's not going to do any good. He's not going to answer. <laughs> but you can write into Glenn, and he'll answer your specific question, which if you knew how much – Glenn has charged for some ministry training events, <laughs> yes. you would realize how neat that is. Yes. So we do that. There's also um, some other podcasts we do, uh, the Bridge podcast, where you get some worship songs, you get sermons from Glenn, and I'll pop up over there occasionally. Uh, Lee sits down with folks and talks about the Bible on his podcast, Ancient and New. So we put out a lot of stuff Ooh. that we hope you guys will dive into. All right, if you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com or thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. <laughs> One of the things we do that we do not give away is Bridgebox. It's $8 a month, but it is a lot of cool stuff. It is um, We work all month to polish up the stuff we're going to send out. You get songs, you get sermons, you get devotionals, you get Bible studies, you get videos, you get even some extra goodies every now and then. To uh, All that stuff is digital rights free. If you run a small group or something, steal it. Use the Bible study for your Sunday school class so you don't have to write it. You know, Give a kid a song. Kids struggle with depression and the topic that month's about depression. Download the songs and send it to them. It's a great ministry tool. Folks around the world are doing that. We're very excited by that. This month, if you sign up for Bridgebox, missionusa.com slash Bridgebox, or the Lee Younger branded Bridgebox, missionusa.com slash BBLY, or email me for the super secret link to get both of those for only $12, you will also get a complimentary, all totally free, Say That Beanie, which we discussed the effects of very extensively in the last episode. Babies! They're positive. You will have babies. Definitely. All right. Also, another way to get such say that swag as a beanie or a t-shirt or a uh, say that wristband, your choice is if you download the new record from our friend Eric Peters, a great singer-songwriter yeah. out of Nashville, very cool dude, really great songs. He's got a record coming out, as you're hearing this, on February 5th called Counting My Rings, B-Sides, and it's B-Sides and Unreleased Tracks. It's a little EP. He wanted to be very clear that we point out that this is not a studio album. It doesn't have the polish on it. It's some stuff from the archives. It's fun stuff, but I think that's going to be four or five bucks uh, at Eric Peters Music on Twitter, ericpeters.net, and we'll throw up some links on our blogs. If you download that or if you want to go to the iTunes or Amazon or ericpeters.net or wherever you happen to buy music and download or buy any of his studio albums, he's got... Five, I think they're all fantastic. I own everything the guys ever published. I know the same is true for Lee. And oh, yeah. uh, 
I would definitely recommend his latest full studio album, Birds of Relocation. It is. It came out in 2012 or 2013, whichever year it came out. It was absolutely my favorite album of that year. Of both of those years. Absolutely. My favorite album of 1987, oddly. I don't know how that worked out, but that's that's just what the leaderboard says. So, but if you go download any of his stuff and email me, matt at missionusa.com or say that podcast at gmail.com, a proof of purchase, that can be uh, the iTunes receipt email, that can be the picture of it on your MP3, I'm not picky, just something that lets me know you bought it. We will send you your choice of free Say That Swag. Get out there and support Eric Peters. I'm going to be buying it the day it comes out. It's awesome stuff. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Stay tuned for more from Peaches the Boy Band Vampire. Oh, my little victory.